Well, hello, Calvary Church family. Today, we're going to launch a brand new series simply called Against the Odds. Our topic today is overcoming fear in life. When I look at the Bible, the Bible is full of examples of God lifting his people against the odds as they place their trust and hope in him alone. Look at the scripture today. You see examples like an ark overcoming a flood. You see stories like a boy's lunch feeding thousands of people. You see the miracle of a few hundred people defeating a few thousand people. The Bible is full of examples of God's people overcoming. What about this? The lame walking, the deaf hearing, the blind seeing, and the dead coming back to life. God has always lifted his people above the odds in their life. Let's go to Romans chapter 8 and read the word of God today. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Here we go. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things, it says. Verse 33. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God in heaven, who is also interceding for us right now. Verse 35, who will separate us from the love of Christ? It says, will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Verse 36, here we go, two more verses. Just as it's written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long, it says. We are considered as sheep to the slaughter. Verse 37, listen to it as I read it to you. Read it with me there where you are today. But in all these things, we are overwhelmingly conquerors through him who has loved us us. We are more than overcomers against the odds through the power of Jesus Christ. The goal of our series launching off this weekend is to help you understand that God wants to elevate you against the odds and bring you to a place of overcoming in your life. To launch our series today is a friend of mine, my mentor and my pastor, Pastor Willie George. He will bring to us the first portion of the service today. So listen close to what he has to say about the topic of overcoming our fears. We're talking about fear. Everybody battles fear. We don't battle the same fears, but we all battle fear in some way or another. People deal with fear that you wouldn't think deal with fear, but everybody has had to deal with it. And the reason I know is because I believe the pages of scripture contain in them every possible personality type. I don't think David had the same personality as Moses. And I don't think Abraham had the same personality as David. I think they're all different. I think there are all these different kinds of people. Now, some are very similar, but this is what I see. Every single one of them had to deal with fear. And you need to know the true nature of fear, because if you don't, it, it's gonna cause you some problems. Do you realize that fear was the first thing to pop up in the heart of man when Adam sinned against God in the Garden of Eden? Listen to this. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. This is after they ate the fruit God had told them not to eat. But the Lord God called to the man and he said, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden. And listen to this. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So the very first negative character issue to rise in man's heart was not murder, not hatred, not jealousy, not envy, but fear. Fear is the parent. Fear is the parent of all of our sins. You know, we think of hatred as the opposite force of love, but it's not. Fear is the polar opposite of love. And for this reason, 1 John 4, 8, 18 rather, is written to address it. It says there is no fear in love. It doesn't say there's no hatred in love. That's obvious. But he goes back a generation before to deal with the real issue. The real problem is not hatred. The real problem is fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. I don't know if you've ever thought about it like this, but you need to. People hate because they're fearful. It's just that simple. The reason people hate each other is because they fear one another. And Satan loves to turn people against each other, to hate each other, to create fears in people toward others so that we hate them. Somehow fear is more acceptable to us than hatred. If we say, you know, I hate somebody, almost immediately somebody in your circle will correct you and say, no, 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 don't say that. Don't say that. You, you, have you ever had that happen? You popped off and said, I hate somebody, and your husband or your wife or your parents maybe said, or your friends said, no, you don't say that. But yet it seems perfectly acceptable to confess a fear. But really fear is something that's just as damaging, maybe even more so. We have to deal with fear. And what I want you to see is this. Whenever God begins a relationship in the Bible with any person, doesn't matter where it is, almost always the very first thing that he says to them is this, don't be afraid. I look at Abraham. God said to him early on in their walk together, do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield. I'm your very great reward. Then here's Moses, and what's interesting to me about this statement that God made to Moses in Deuteronomy, and Deuteronomy is the latter part of Moses' life. If we want to read about the first part of Moses' life, we go to Exodus, but if we want to read about the back end, we go to Deuteronomy. And here is Moses after all of those miracles that came on the Egyptians in, in, in the book of Exodus, the 10 different plagues, it's after the Red Sea. After all of these things Moses has seen with God, he still has to battle fear. And as the children of Israel are about to go in and take possession of the promised land, God says to Moses, don't be afraid of them, these people who live there. Don't be afraid of them. The Lord God himself will fight for you. Not long after that, Joshua takes over for Moses. And Joshua has now got to be the top dog. And this has got to be disconcerting to him in some ways. And God said this to him, have not I commanded you? This is an order. Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. That's an order. It's not a suggestion. You cannot be full of fear. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now that's critical. That last statement, don't be afraid because I'll be with you. 
David tells us this, a right relationship with God, then no fear. And here it is in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I'm brave, because I killed a giant, because I, I've got a lot of courage. No. He said, this is why I'm not afraid. He said, because you're with me. That's what eliminates fear. It is the knowledge that God is with us. Now, you know, sometimes our fears are totally irrational, meaning there's no basis for them. The angel Gabriel is sent by God into a village in northern Israel called Nazareth to appear to Mary. Mary has been chosen by God because she has walked with God, she loves God, and she was chosen to be the mother of the Savior. And when angel Gabriel appears to her, she's freaking out. She's scared. And the angel says, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found, have found, that's past tense, you have found favor with God. What I want you to get from this is that Mary's afraid, but there's no reason for it. She's very pleasing to the Lord. She has already found favor with God, and yet she is still afraid. What I want you to see is a lot of us are fearful when we shouldn't be. And what is it that fixes Mary? Why does she quit being afraid? And she did. She quit being afraid right here. She heard something, okay? We fear before we hear. If you're full of fear, it's because you haven't heard yet what God is saying. He may have spoken it very clearly, but you had not heard it. So then hearing stops fearing. Say that with me. Hearing stops fearing. If you want to stop fearfulness in your life, you've got to learn to hear something instead of the fear that's raging in your mind. You just heard it talked about everyone battles fear. All of us do. We also learned just now that we fear before we hear. I would like to introduce to you a second thought behind that, and that's simply this. We fear because we hear. The words that we let into our world determine the hope we have in this life. The things that you hear impact your faith or your fear. See, this fear can manifest in many ways, and maybe you're having fear in life. All of us have been there. All of us have had fears in life. It can be the fear of failure, the fear that maybe you will mess up in life, or maybe today you're the product of things said to you where you're fearful of trying because someone told you in life you're going to fail or you can't do that, or maybe even you've been told in life that you're a failure. So maybe this fear for you is very deeply seated and very real because of your life experience and the things you've heard in your life. All of us have heard words that shape our worlds. In recent days, we've heard lots of things said to us on the news and on the media and on different outlets across our globe today. And these things that we hear, no matter what truth you hear or what lie you hear, no matter where it's coming from, it forces you to make a decision. Will I walk in fear or will I walk in godly wisdom? I want to remove the idea that fear and faith are in competition. 
I want to stir up the idea that wisdom from God is always based in faith and based in truth, but fear itself can take you and can take me away from trusting in God and putting our thoughts and hopes in him today. Look at this in Isaiah chapter 61. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Watch this close. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. I like good news. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Verse 2, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn. Verse 3, almost done. To grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, with the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of the faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The prophet Isaiah is proclaiming to us the word of freedom. There is no freedom like freedom in the spirit of God. And for many people today, God's spirit can give you freedom to overcome the prison of fear that you may live in every day. First John chapter 4, 18 says this, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Think of it this way. Perfect love is found only in God because God himself is love. God's very nature is love. And when God's present in your life, you don't have to fear anything. God's love promotes in you and promotes in me what is best for us. In Christ, you have no fear, no reason to fear, no concern for fear, because God himself in the person of Christ, we find this perfect love. Time and time again in the Bible, we see the phrase, fear not, when the divine shows up on the scene. The angel of God comes down and says, fear not, fear not. And I believe God's word to us today is simply this, fear not, for he is with us. What words are you hearing today in your life that are bringing fear to you? What are you hearing, what are you reading every day that's making you fearful about life? Are you also be, being sure to reach out and to receive some wisdom from God for your life? I know that these are strange days and difficult days and news as ever, but listen to me today. God wants to give you a spirit that is not fearful. He wants to impart to you godly wisdom, which we always need. We need to know God's wisdom for our life. But we don't have to be afraid. We can live every day with the awareness that our hearing impacts our fearing. We need a good word from God for our life today to make sure that we don't walk in fear. Let me give you a personal story real fast. Years ago, I was a little bit nervous about flying. I hate to admit that. But even as a big fella, I would get on the plane and my wife would offer some consolation to me as I would fly in the plane and take off. So I began to talk to pilots about flying. And the more I learned about how the plane operated, the more my fears went away and my comfort began to increase. What's my point? My point is the things that you do here will impact the fears that you carry 
in your life. Let's review the account set forth in Daniel chapter 6. Here's some backstory. Daniel has the king's favor, and some men in the king's court do not like Daniel. So they move upon their own agenda to set before the, before the king this plan to limit who you can pray to with the goal of getting rid of Daniel. Let's go to verse 11, chapter 6, and let's pick up the story here of this great moment of faith and trust in God. Then these men, it says, assembled and found Daniel praying and making a supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. And they said, have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? And the king answered and said this. He says, the thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. In other words, let it be done. It's been passed. It must take place. Verse 13, so they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show the due regard for you, O king. Remember this, the king had favor on Daniel, yet now the king is trapped in his own decree. It says, for you or the decree that you've signed, but makes his petition three times per day. He prayed three times per day. Verse 14, and the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver Daniel. Verse 15. Then these men approached the king and said to him, King, know, O king, that this is the law of the Medes and the Persians, and that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and they cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Watch this. A pagan king is declaring to Daniel that his God, who he serves continually, will deliver him. Go down to verse 18. Skip down verse 18. Now, when the king went to his palace and he spent the night fasting and no musicians were brought before him, also his sleep went from him. He was up all night. Verse 19. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, it says, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. And the king spoke, saying, Daniel, servant of the living God. Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Now watch verse 21, and I know this helped the king's heart right away. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God, watch this, my God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions so that they have not hurt me, not even touched me because I was found innocent before him, it says. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. So what did Daniel do in the den of lions? What did he do there? In the moment of difficulty, in the moment when the odds were against him, what did he do? He did the same thing he would always do that we see back in verse 10 of the same chapter. Daniel chapter 6, 
verse 10. Let's look at it real fast. Go back. Here we go. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and he did what? He prayed and gave thanks before God as was his custom since the early days. Do you see it right there? Daniel was praying before the lion's den and he is now praying in the lion's den. Listen to me today. Daniel did for us a great service by showing us how to overcome times like these against the odds. Daniel did in a trial what he was doing before the trial. See, the life you live in difficult times is just the outcome of the life you live during peace times. How you live all the time is how you live in difficult times. That's why by nature, most of us don't change that much when difficulty arises in our life. See, we overcome our fear by hearing from the word of God and we overcome our fear by praying to our God. I want to challenge you right now. Be sure you're hearing a word from God and be sure you're praying to God. In our life, we don't really rise to the occasion. We actually fall to the level of our preparation. You always prepare for the next season during this season. You prepare for war during times of peace, for famine during times of feast. You prepare for all things coming up in the present moment. You prepare for eternal life in this life, and you prepare for the difficult days by how you live the good days. Nothing will change your life like hearing a word from God about your life or what God has to say about the moment you're in even right now. Here's a story of a friend here at Calvary Church who heard a word from God and it changed how they respond to the fear in their own life. Check it out. So I was in a dark place. I was fighting depression, fear, anxiety, and I was not centering my eyes on, on God and I was being disobedient. I was frustrated because things weren't happening my way. And instead of enjoying the life that God had given me, enjoying my single life, enjoying worshiping and enjoying my family, I was upset because I didn't have what I wanted. I thought that material things and I thought that a husband and I thought that different things were going to fill the void in my in my heart. I was trying to follow my own goals. I was trying to follow my own desires. I wasn't following the purpose that he had. I got to a point where I, I had to just surrender everything at the cross and I had to ask God to lead me where he wanted me to go. The more I sought my way, the more anxiety it produced. The more I sought my plans, the more um, unhappy I was. It wasn't until I completely surrendered my emotions that um, I was really able to see myself through God's eyes and not see myself through my eyes. I started to submerge myself in the Word and I started to intentionally seek God. And God slowly revealed you know, what He had for me and verse after verse that I found and, and um, song of worship that I heard kept ministering to me saying that I had a purpose and I, God had a plan for me. And I read a verse that really st stuck to me and it said, um, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and plans to, of good. And that just really spoke volumes to me because I 
I, up to that point, was not seeing my worth. And up to that point, I was not seeing the love of God in my life. So God really spoke to me gently, and, and he spoke to me with love and, and forgiveness. Pastor Alberto was speaking about Calvary Serve, and it said that I needed to serve God with my life, and I needed to surrender to God. When I heard that, it, it stung, because I, I knew that at that point that God was telling me, you're being disobedient and I'm calling you. So I surrendered, and I, I asked God for forgiveness, and I went back to the, to the source of, of my, my faith, and I, I realized that God had given his son for me. Through that process, um, he submitted to his father, and that I had to do the same thing. So where I'm at now is I'm past the dark days, and I'm in the days of glory and, and joy, and I'm in the days where I can worship God freely, and I can sing, and I can dance, and I can serve, and, and I can really feel the presence of the Lord in my life. And it's not because of what I've done, it's because of what He's done in my life. He's given me the peace. He's made me complete because I surrendered. You know, as I hear the story of Sonia, I'm reminded of so many of us today in life, how something inside has held back things on the outside. And today I just pray that as you heard her story, God's connecting with your spirit today. What are you battling? What are you facing right now? Is it, is it like hers? Is it a fear of, of, of being vulnerable and reaching out to people? Is it a fear of death or sickness? What are you facing today that the things you've heard have overcome the word of God? And today in your life, let the word of God be the loudest thing you hear. Let a word from God come to you right now where you are. And let that peace that comes by his word come into your life, transform your heart, even this moment and this time, and let your life go different and fear no more. Overcome the odds of fear in your life by trusting in the word of God and by praying to God. I want to pray with you right now. If you're watching this, you'd say, Marty, I've got some fears in my life. I'm I'm battling right now, maybe fear of the disease or fear of the economy or fear of what's next in our life. Today, I want you to know it's our theme for this year at Calvary Church that God, God's got this. God has this under his control. And as you place your trust in him, I know from the deepest part of my heart that God's going to give you the strength that you need even right now. So what fear do you face right today? Take a second right now and maybe take a piece of paper if you can, or maybe just your own mind and write down or say to yourself what that fear is. It could be fear of death, fear of eternity, fear of sickness, fear of disease. The list goes on. I don't know your story, but God knows your story. And today, right now, God wants to set you free. Jesus Christ came to set the captives free. No more imprisonment in the cell of fear, okay? I'm going to pray with you right now. And I'm believing God to touch your life and God to give you peace that you need today. Are you ready to pray? Father, I thank you that right now we can come before you and that God, we can reach out to you and say, Father, today here is my fear. And God, I thank you that today through you, I can rise against the odds. I can overcome the odds because of the faith and the trust 
I place in you today. And Father, I ask by faith you impact and touch my heart right now. Touch our hearts right now, Father, that we fear no more. May today be the end of our fears as we overcome these fears together by placing our hope and trust in your word and in you today. I give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's no more important prayer to ever pray that should solve the fear of eternity than the prayer of salvation. Maybe today your fear is eternal life. Maybe you're not totally sure if you died tonight, you'd make it to heaven. I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. And I want to challenge you, pray this prayer with me by faith and mean it in your heart. Receive the free gift that God has for you today. Are you ready? Here we go. Say, Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to be my Savior. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I confess that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And today I announce and declare that you are the risen Son of God, my Savior and my Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer today, my friend, the good news for you is this. Your sins are forgiven. Your past is washed away. And you're on the first step of becoming a brand new person through Jesus Christ. If you pray that prayer, let us know who you are. Comment on the thread beneath me right now. Text the number on the screen. Tell us who you are. We want to help you in your journey with Jesus Christ. You've been a great crowd today. Thank you so much. I know this, God's a good God and God is for you today. Can I bless you right now? Put your hand up high. Come on. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May his love surround you. May his grace flow through you. And may you walk today as you overcome the odds without any fear in your life. God's a good God. I'll see you back here soon. God bless you.